1: We hope you are having the best weekend so far. Uh, This episode is going to be covering Southern Charm and headlines. Um, So we said on the previous episode, but next week we'll go back to three episodes a week. But um, with not having anything Bravo related on Wednesday, we just were missing enough content to do three episodes. Um, So here we go. Let's jump into Southern Charm. Madison and Paige, like, could run Charleston.
0: I fucking love those two together. Yeah. I love Madison. I love Paige. Like when Craig was saying, I love the fieriness between them as long yeah. as it's not directed at me. I thought that was a good way to put it. They're so fun. And I knew it was in the preview, but I'm going to say it now. But Madison calling out Taylor, like that's the type of shit I'd love to see from Madison. And I think Paige is the same way where she will just say what she thinks and doesn't feel like she has to be ladylike about it.
1: I know, I'm like, thank you. We're getting the Madison we know and love, and not this Madison that's trying to make like, you know, win porch of the year with her flowers. Like, again, good for you. You're allowed to have those hobbies, but please go back to being messy more full-time. So yeah, I think the two of them together could be a really good dynamic. Um, and I I just like whenever I see them together and see that they're friends, I love it. Uh okay, so this episode is pretty heavy and dark, and there's not a lot of brightness to sprinkle in after the whole page and Madison thing. So we jump to Austin, um, going to visit his mom and dad who no longer live in Raleigh. They live, he said they live closer. I'm assuming they probably live like Mount Pleasant or somewhere not too far away. And, um, he has a conversation with his parents about how he's seeing a therapist because they're asking about like, why aren't you and Olivia friends anymore? He talks about how he like, you know, kissed Taylor. Uh, and he said that you know he always thought he would like he wanted to marry like a best friend and he looks at the two of them and then his dad goes, yeah, I mean, how do you think we got through Kyle if it wasn't for the fact we were best friends and um for those who don't know, I mean they talk about it more in the episode but Kyle is Austin's sister who passed away um when he was young she died of cancer um she passed away before Katie their his young his sister that we see on the show was even born. um so, I don't know. I mean, that's a hard thing for a couple to go through. She passed because she accidentally fell off a cliff. Oh, I, for some reason, I thought it was can- – you know yeah. what? I'm confusing. Okay. Which is – Taylor's sister is currently yes. battling cancer. Yes. Yeah. So oh, gosh. was
0: she was nine and fell off a cliff during a family outing.
1: What? what? Yeah. That's terrible.
0: I know. Horrible.
1: Was Austin there? I guess it was. I, yeah. Oh, it damn. was like, yes. Um, yes. Yes so oh that's even worse i don't know why but that, to me that's worse um oh wow i mean it's never that's never been discussed on the show they just talked about she died
0: yeah i think he he probably did i think he mentioned maybe yeah it, it might have been when they were packing up her stuff in the teddy bear that that came up um that scene that happened last season yeah but oh. she yes so Rest in
1: peace to Kyle. Yeah. So we have that. Um, And then we see him in therapy. I give him a lot of credit for that. But before we get to that point, then we have Shep driving to the vet, telling his dad that he was on the golf course and that he took little Craig to like doggy daycare. And they called him and said that he had a, a fever of 108. He was having difficulty breathing. So they rushed him to the vet. And then the vet like said, you know, basically, like, he's not out of the woods, but it was really critical and, you know, basically that, like, it was close to, like, little Craig passing. And you saw Shep get, like, really teary-eyed. And then when he saw him, like, he was so excited to see him. But, um, God, I was like, this, like, this is terrible. This is so sad. Then, oh, go little ahead. Little Craig
0: yeah. is the only thing that Shep has ever loved other than himself. I think, like, that was seeing shep like little craig it kind of reminds me of andy's journey with waka Um, uh i kind of get that same time of energy of like all of a sudden not having the the world revolve around you and actually having to think of something else in this case an animal so i don't know i i enjoy seeing a vulnerable shep he annoys me but it makes me like him showing emotion is a good thing. As a viewer, I, agree. Like, I want to see more emotion from him because it makes him seem less of an asshole. Like, I know there's a little soul in there somewhere.
1: Yeah, like, he has the ability to, like, care and love something. I mean, he even said it's, like, that's the closest thing he has to a kid. Um, So, yeah, it was, it was a very it was sad, but it was very touching. And little Craig's okay. So, like, positive story, positive outcome. I shouldn't say positive story, but positive outcome. Then... <laughs> So we haven't like gone through enough. Then we go to Whitney and Miss Patricia at their house, FaceTiming Michael because he's teaching them how to make the infamous martini. Um, for those who maybe just started watching, they talked about it on the show, but um, Michael was a huge part of Patricia's life and that house. He, I feel like saying Butler is almost like a disservice to him, but he essentially did everything for Miss Patricia. But you like- could- The ultimate
0: house manager.
1: Yes. Like yeah, house manager because like he would drive her places, but they had such a genuine love and friendship for one another. Like they would go to Costco and get hot dogs together. They went to McDonald's together. I just feel like, you know, he, yes, I guess, you know, he worked for her. Um, She did say on a watch what happens live before he had a stroke that he is very well compensated and makes more than the average U.S. household. So I think like he was very well taken care of. Um, and obviously she still cares and like deeply loves him because he talked about how after he had the stroke and had to move to Florida to receive better care or more full time care that, um, you know, he wouldn't have been able to do it without them. And I don't know, it was just really sweet. And then you saw Patricia after Whitney, you know, left the room, she teared up and it was really hard for her. And I was like, oh, my God, like this episode, I'm like, geez, it's, I got chills even just talking about it. And can we just talk about I I mean, I don't drink martinis, but you drink a martini, right? Every now I and then? I can't. So I can't drink a dirty martini anymore. I drank like seven one night when I was 24. Oh, my God. My and I bad. threw up, <laughs> I threw it up for like an entire day. Okay.
0: Well, that, that tracks. But that they are sense. good. I
1: loved them before. But yeah. my
0: question was going to be, I didn't know you smashed ice in a bag.
1: Well, you don't have to. You can put
0: ice in the shaker. Shaker. But it's just yeah. still, I've never seen that. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know much
1: about that I mean, must be a special Mixology
0: way. just seemed... It was interesting to me.
1: That I mean, obviously, it worked because that's how Michael did it. And that's how she liked to drink it. Um, but yeah, I wish I could still drink martinis. I loved them back in the day. Um, and as if we haven't been hit hard enough, um, we get... Leva on her way to dinner with like was supposed to be the girls. And, um, she tries calling Olivia. Olivia isn't answering. So she goes to the restaurant meets Medina. And it's like, I don't know what's going on with Olivia. She's not answering my calls. And then Taylor calls and says that, you know, she's concerned because she hasn't heard from Olivia all day. And she heard that something happened to her brother. Um, and you get like the moment that, that, you know, Leva very, um, being very sensitive and very smart in the moment, takes it off speaker and basically says like, she thinks that her brother passed away. So then they start like, obviously processing that freaking out um you see like the fourth wall broken and they look to production and say like can we stop filming and they said yeah let's just pick up and go which i think like i would hope they would do in that situation but it was kind of nice to see that like yes they're doing a show but they're also human um but olivia's as we all know her brother did indeed pass away and um like watching that like the just like seeing how the cast reacted to it and then we see olivia at vanita's house like I don't know. I mean, that's like, those are the raw emotions of grief and the different ways people process. She talked about how her, her mom and her dad are like all on different pages. And I just like, I, I'm, I really applaud her for letting the camera crew in. Cause I don't think anyone would have judged her if she said, I need a month break or, you know? Yeah,
0: not at all. And also like just her humility and just obviously death changes one's perspective. And given how close she was to her brother, I could only imagine Um, what she was dealing with and feeling with, I, I mean, I guess I can, I'm not in her shoes directly, but I have a lot of empathy for her, but just her willing, her willingness to put her pettiness with her drama with Austin and Taylor aside and just focus on the fact that she needs good support and having that new perspective was really like, I don't know, kind of inspiring to watch in a way of just like the maturity that she has, even in her darkest moment.
1: Yeah. And then it just only pisses me off more knowing what's to follow, which is um, Taylor sleeps with Austin on their cast trip, Um, which is just like, I don't know. We don't know all that leads up to it, but I'm like, oh, my God, you're trying to be her friend again. And this is how you act. But I do. I give her a lot of credit. I also give Shep a lot of credit for being like, hey, they're going to have a lot of friends and family coming in. My house is like right down the road. And so he went and stayed with Craig and like offered up his house to Olivia's family. Um, Which was really, really kind. Like, those yeah. two were like good little buddies.
0: Yeah. Also, Austin breaking down and crying and like kind of talking about Kyle. Like, listen, we can say what we want about Mr. Kroll. I think we've had our own roller coaster journey with him, but I will say he tends to show us the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so I applaud someone who's willing to be vulnerable and go there on camera. So, him kind of showing the rawness of his grief was, um, Honestly, gave me like respected him. And then also just to have invite cameras in therapy. Like yes. I'm all for removing that stigma. I think Carl Radke has done such a fantastic job and seeing someone on Southern Charm cast doing that, even more so. Like, I'm all for removing that. So I tip my hat to Mr. Kroll for that.
1: I do too. And Austin, um, I mean, uh, Craig said on Watch What Happens Live that Austin's actually been in therapy. Like, that wasn't just a one and done. He's been like continuously in therapy. So, um, I give him credit for doing that. I think he's also not one that you would expect it from just because he seems like such a player, classic Charleston guy. So, um, yeah, good for good for Austin for recognizing that. Um, so yeah, heavy episode. I really don't think there's any way to, um, make it, you know, seem light or better. Um, but I think if anything, it really showed kind of like how fragile life is, whether it's a dog, uh, a sibling, um, a good friend, as we saw with Michael. So um, definitely like that's, I think, the message to take from it. But it was, um, I mean, I was crying most of that episode. Yeah, I
0: got a little teary eyed. But just knowing you and your experience, and in case anyone's listening here who's recently dealing with grief, like what's the best advice you would give someone if they're in a similar situation or dealing with the loss of a loved one?
1: I think, well, everyone's grief journey is different. So I would say um, don't compare necessarily. Like if you see someone who's like, oh, wow, like their brother, mom, uh, husband, not husband, oh, I don't know, anything, their loved one passed away. Um, a year ago, mine passed away two years ago and I'm still like a wreck and they seem like they really have it together. Everyone's grief journey is different. Also everyone processes it in different ways. Some people love talking about the person that passed and it's a way to like, remember them. Some people don't. Um, I think just go like, be, be patient and be gentle with yourself, but also know that like go with whatever makes you feel better and what you think is best. There's no right or wrong way. Um, to grieve really. Um, so like, you know, whatever makes you like, if you will love talking about it, like then talk about it all the time. If you don't want to, you can say to people when they're like checking in, like, Hey, I'm just not in a place where I want to talk about that. Um, and don't feel bad. I think that's, I think that's the thing to it. Um, I also think too, um, I would just say, just know that like with time, some of the memories that now feel like pain, you'll always miss the person, but you'll get more of a sense of like nostalgia and not always like, you see something and it makes you break down. Um, But you're also going to have moments. My dad's been gone for over five years. I still have moments where I go to try to call him on my phone. I think there's just certain times where you're never going to forget it. So I think that's what I would say. And to friends out there, I wanted to say, because I have a lot of people who ask that, like how to best like help someone, um, ask about the person that they lost and let them be the ones to tell me, tell you they don't want to talk about it. I've had friends who've lost kids and, um, everyone's like, Oh, I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to bring it up. And I was like, well, maybe they want to talk about it. So sometimes I'll say to my friend, like, Oh my God, I wonder what he would be like right now. Like, would he be like a crazy, like toddler? Would he be kind of like calm? And like, um, for my friend, she loves talking about that. And and then like, and she really like engages with that. And I think sometimes people don't feel comfortable bringing up the person that was lost. So I think like, ask about it and feel free to like, like, say, do you want to share something about your dad, your brother, your sister your kid um so yeah i think that's what i would say
0: mm, well thank you so much for sharing all that yeah. i just feel like you bits i always admire the way you've kind of dealt with that and processed that so i oh, thought it you could help someone else so guys abby is fab so dm uh, us thanks. if you if you're in yeah. it and need some more advice i also think to, to
1: find um find people who've lost this uh the same person so if you've lost like a husband a wife uh a dad, a mom, find those other people. Um, cause they kind of get it. Like I have some friends and we call ourselves, um, inspired by Heather McMahon, the dead dad club. And if you think that's weird and not funny, that means your parent or that person is still alive and consider yourself very lucky. But like I have friends who've lost parents and we'll like to make other people feel awkward, we'll like bring it up in really weird situations. And we think it's hilarious and really fun. And that's like our way to bond and do it. So, um, find those people. Cause it will make you feel better in situations.
0: All right. Well, when a life is lost, the beautiful thing is there's babies that come into the world.
1: It is kind of the circle of life.
0: Um, It really
1: is. It really is. So let's talk about Shane Kehoe. I love this whole story. So Shane Kehoe, for those who don't know, um, Gina Kehoe was an OG with the OC um, for a couple seasons and she had three kids. um, Shane, uh cara and i always forget the younger one's name i don't remember it's okay yeah (laughs) sorry dude um but anyway her so shane kehoe got married um but his sister cara had lost a baby during childbirth um he had a shoulder displacement um and there was something else but he passed away shortly after she delivered him and she has since had another kid, um, and she's pregnant with her third. Um, but her son's name was McCoy, and Shane just had a little girl and decided to name her McKay in honor of um, her cousin that she didn't get to meet, which I think is just really a sweet way to honor, um, you know, little McCoy. Someone's legacy. That's yeah. amazing. I thought it was so. so I loved sweet. it.
0: So so sweet. And let's keep the good news coming.
1: Tinsley finds love. I mean, I think all of us were like dying when we saw her post an Instagram story that said like something like celebrating before the big day. It was her and a man and then three children whose faces she had like, um, like emojis over. And so everyone's like, Oh my God, does Tinsley have a man? Are they getting married? And um, I just, I think I love this story for her because I think having children was so important to her. And, um, But finding Mr. Wright is obviously a little bit more important. And so she found Mr. Wright, and he just so happened to have three kids. Um, He is a widow himself. His wife passed away of cancer. Um, They have twins and a younger child. I can't remember. I think it's maybe twin boys and a younger girl. Um, But it seems like they're engaged um, and possibly married or getting married. And she's about to be a stepmom. Yeah. And we've known about this gentleman
0: for some time. And Tinsley, is, he, I, I think, he's a very, very private person. So she's kept it under wraps. It's not something that she's been blasting left and right on Instagram. So um, out of respect to her n- fiancé, maybe husband, we didn't want to, like, I don't know, just draw blast attention. It. yeah, Blast it. And draw attention to someone who's not necessarily wanting it or seeking it at this time, especially since they are now back to being more so kind of semi-private figures. Yeah. Um, other than us just talking about it right now and seeing it, but I am just so happy for her. I would imagine that she's going to be an amazing stepmom, stepparent. So I'm very, very happy for Tinsley.
1: Um, so that might explain why Tinsley was not on the Rony Ultimate Girls trip. I think we were all hoping Tinsley was going to be on there, um, but it seems like she's probably busy um, being the stepmom to three kids and then also, you know, her. Um, partner wanting to have more of a private life and keep his children private which we obviously um can respect but we got the teaser for ultimate girls trip ronnie basically all it was is just everyone's like iconic, iconic. yeah but it is weird are we just like in the bra? like not we like we're all talking about it is bravo just not gonna address the other ultimate girls trip that was supposed to happen before I
0: feel like there's got to be some legal things happening behind closed doors that we're not privy to. I feel like Caroline Manzo and Brandi Glanville are probably at odds, or more so Caroline versus the network or whatever may be going on. But I think I don't know that we will see it. I, I honestly um, wouldn't shock me at this point considering they're going to put out this one out. I will say um, Kristen Takeman was on Jeff Lewis Live and she was really funny. She's She joked about like how they called everyone else and everyone said no. And she was like the last one <laughs> that they called. And she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, do, I'll it. do it. Yeah. And she said she was at odds with everybody. um. So it should be drama filled. She also mentioned in terms of, you know, Roni legacy not working out in a way she was like, I could see why would it when you can film ultimate girls trip and make a good chunk of money filming fewer days, I guess it's a very, very good pay incentive um, to do so. So I think it's going to be fun to see the girls together again. We're going to see them together sooner than we anticipated. I think Um I would imagine I'm not sure if they're going to be at BravoCon. I would assume so. That's so yeah. that so I I would have surprised me if we get more of a trailer at BravoCon for this uh, ultimate girls trip. Like this is like a
1: teaser to yeah. the teaser. I think they're like there was something ultimate girls trip panel. So. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. The, so I would think that the, they'll be there for that. Um we also got the Salt Lake City mid-season trailer um Wow. Uh, Whitney and Heather, we find out that Whitney feels like her sexuality was exploited in Heather's book. Admittedly, I've not read Heather's book. I have no intention of reading Heather's book. So we'll just have to wait and see how the others interpret it. But then in a shocking twist, uh, we see Angie K. like mocking the moment where Whitney says she felt like her sexuality was exploited. I, I, I don't know. It's like, and then you've got Meredith, um, saying like, well, if you, you like, I forgot how she worded it, but she's like, eventually you're going to be what they say you are. Is that yes. a threat? Is that a threat? I'm like, are you asking? I also was like, are you asking yourself this? Are you asking us? Is this She's rhetorical? leaning into being the villain. Which yeah. Which
0: I love when a housewife is like, you want to call me the bad guy? Fine. I'll be the bad guy. Like I am all for that type of energy. From a housewife. I, okay, bad weather and their like roller coaster of whatever is happening is so confusing to me. One, this season, as if it's like Thailand didn't happen and they were like pretty much like seemed very cordial. Yeah. Now we're going back to beef we had. It just feels very like, Disjointed. are we just doing
1: this for attention what like, yes, like, what's right the end, what's the end game because here?
0: listen if I had beef with someone I know you're on a show and you're like colleagues or whatever and some are friends and some are not yes yeah, so you have to film with them but I think I would make it known that I'm still not cool with someone and that part's where yeah. it confuses me agree
1: I was confused as well um but we'll we'll see see how it all plays out. Uh, then in another random moment, um, we were all wondering when Shannon was going to make a statement. I, <laughs> We've been saying it like for weeks now. <laughs> uh girl, that was not the statement to make. I think she was better off staying silent. She's walking Archie and says that she can't really say much because of lawyers, but she's focusing on getting better and getting healthy and walking Archie. And then like, like totally planned. I think she probably practiced this like a hundred times squats down and like shows Archie like as she's like recording it. To me, it, like the irony is not lost that she is talking about the DWI she got after a hit and run where she pretended to be walking her dog and was not driving the car. She doesn't give an apology, doesn't take any ownership, and is actually walking her dog. I was like, was that really the move we wanted to make? Is that the, like, that's what you thought was a good idea? I just think
0: she could have gone a roundabout way, even though it's a case that's open. We all know about it. So I would imagine her lawyer, like I, I think a written statement would have been better than what she did. She yeah. is going out with, on tour still with the Trace Amiga. So they're still going to be, we're still going to be seeing um, Shannon. And I would imagine more is going to come out and she's going to have a more polished PR response, especially with BravoCon coming in two weeks and that
1: she'll be there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think, yeah, I, there could have been a better statement. Um a moment that did not disappoint, Monica on Watch What Happens Live reveals that Jen Shaw tried to recruit her into the scam, basically told her how it works, and said, you should get in on this. And Monica then called her friend who works in the FBI. And that it sounds like they were already investing, investigating Jen Shaw, but now they knew exactly what she was doing and how, and it just sped up the whole thing. Insane. Like,
0: insane like we all in our minds suspected that was happening but yeah. for someone to confirm it and say it yeah it's insane it makes me okay
1: i want to ask you this knowing that she revealed this did coach shaw know i was gonna say there's no way coach shaw didn't know if she is revealing this to a personal assistant and saying get in on this i want you to make a lot of money there's no way her husband didn't know what was going on no well, way that's exactly coach no. shaw you better run now better i run. mean I wonder, like, maybe Monica feels like she doesn't need to say anymore what's done is done. But, um I mean, she could. Like, she probably knew if Coach Shaw knew or not. She could probably. Oh, shit. She could. You're right. I mean, I don't know. I, I will Venmo someone $25 if they ask that at BravoCon. $25. I mean, at least let's make it $50. All right. We'll go $50. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to give them like $50,000. I'm not. No,
0: but $50 seems good. Okay. All right. What about Monica's mom? Oh, okay. So let me find. I'm going to find the. You find, okay. okay. So I found it. Um, One, her handle is LD Millionaire. I don't know why she has a check mark, but she yeah. says Monica begged me to do this reality show with her. Begged. I didn't want to do it. She told me all I had to do was cook and speak Portuguese. How did she return the favor? She did me dirty. Meanwhile, I would never compete with my only child unless it's sports. I'm too smart to try to go up against Monica. She'd chew me up and spit me out. Lastly, I never abandoned her. I always put her needs above my own, even in her adulthood. I'm not a perfect human, but I am a devoted mother. And vovo, God bless us, everyone.
1: So here's my thing. Even if what she's saying is true, her posting it proves everything that Monica is trying to say. I think as a parent, as your kid gets older, um, you let yourself be the bad guy for them to feel and look better. Like it is not your role necessarily to like to like make yourself look better, even if that's the truth. I mean, we're not talking about like Monica lying about like causing harm or murdering someone. Like it's just basically, I just feel like her need to like prove this point and try to make her daughter look bad and like throw her daughter under the bus to me just shows narcissism. It's never my fault. Um, I don't know. just, I think it just shows like a lot of probably the trauma that Monica has been dealing with. I like, couldn't imagine that. Like, I just think it's like weird to me that you felt you needed to post this to like prove that you're the one in, in the right and that your child is wrong.
0: This proves to me that if Monica continues to film on Salt Lake City, that I would not shock me if, one, she's going to become estranged from her mother because her mother is going to give dirty information to the other women. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's what I see happening. I see her being like, I'm going to air out more of your dirty laundry. I'm going to give it to a housewife who's going to say X, Y, and Z on camera. And then you guys are no longer going to have a relationship, somewhat a la Kim Zolciak and her mom, who I still can't imagine
1: they don't speak. Yeah. I didn't think about that. You're probably right. I mean, she clearly wants to be in the limelight and wants the attention. So I it's...
0: mean, yes, honey, she does. As yeah. Monica says, girl, she wants to be in the limelight. Girl.
1: Girl. Um, all can
0: we right. talk about the other Watch What Happens Lives? Uh Can we talk about Tiffany and Craig just for a
1: second? Let's, yeah, we... we talked about it a little bit in the previous one, but let's talk more about it. Um there was like I there was nothing I didn't love about it. I love the fact that Tiffany was talking way too much. It was annoying Andy. I don't think Andy really wanted her on. I don't like. I don't know what. I don't really. Know how, no, he to me he seemed very annoyed.
0: I think he was into it. I think she. He probably thought she turned it on a little too much. Well, she like did. I think he probably was like, okay, we can dial it back a little bit. However, I feel like she gave us everything. I It goes back for me. So watching um, Flavor Flav and Rock of Love, that was I mean, like those senior were, year college. Like those yeah. were things I would binge watch hungover. And she made oh. such incredible television. So seeing her with Craig was like iconic. I plan on watching House of Villains because of her. Like I want to see her. I was going to make
1: Jax cry. I was going to say, like, I had no intention of watching House of Villians, Villains until I learned she made Jax cry. And she was talking about how she, like, yelled at Amorosa. And then Amorosa was like, Tiff, do you, you want some coffee? Like, um, she did really turn it on. But I think that's who she is. Like, I just think that. Yeah. But um, I I don't know. I loved it. I I think my favorite part was that. Craig was loving it so much too you could just like see him like beaming and he said he had watched the show I love she was like were you even alive when the show was on he was like oh, I mean no, there's always some self-awareness from her part that
0: he'd be younger I guess but yeah. yeah no how could we not like Flavor Flav I just I just love like who knew for her like it would be kind of wild now it's 2023 and we're still talking about her time of like on Flavor I mean, Flav it's it just was. goes to show her legacy in reality tv I just wanted to I just I love New York what can I say
1: you love New York. Um, all right, let's talk about Nini and Cynthia. So Nini, um, in some of her recent interviews, did not have like the nicest things to say about her friend Cynthia. Um, but then she posted that they got together. They laughed. They had such a good time. Um, they had so much fun together. I don't. To me, it was like I love seeing that. I love seeing them as friends. But it also made me very sad because I'm like, I don't think we're ever going to see them on TV together. I know. Me too. But I'm
0: glad they kind of were able to bury the hatchet. Oh, for sure. A little yeah. bit. I I did appreciate that. Um, I really wish Nini wasn't like budding up to Bethany because yeah. I, in my mind, you know, like not that I've, how do I put this? I put Nini in such a high place in my yes. brain because she's like where, how I fell in love with Housewives and like really dove into Bravo. So like, I don't want her to get tarnished even though she's done some things on her own, but like with Bethany. Yeah. Um, So Bethany and Nini are doing a limited series together. They're calling it Bethanini. And that like makes me gag. And they also had that random dinner.
1: Oh, can we talk about Bethany's dinner? So there were a lot of, I would say husbands at this dinner, (laughs) but what really surprised me, we have Amber Ambular from um, Clueless. I forgot her real name. But then we also have um, Tiffany Rachel. Rachel. Larsa, why are you there? You are going to get yourself fired off of Miami. (laughs) And we need you on there. Don't mess this up. Uh, Amanza from Selling Sunset was on there. Jenny
0: Garth was there. Uh, Melissa Rivers, Cheryl Burke. So it's just very random interesting it kind of makes me wonder if she has like a business venture and like she's starting her own like podcast network that's like yeah. the only like way i rationalized it in my head is like welcome to this network where we na-na-na-na. yeah but i'm just like y'all need to run from
1: bethany i don't i don't know i would agree <laughs> i would say you're gonna lose you're gonna lose your paycheck um so yeah be careful be careful bethany nini yeah I mean, Nini's leaning in. I don't know. I guess. Well, I guess. That's a Nini. That is terrible. Um. All right. Let's talk <laughs> about something kind of exciting. So there were rumors swirling in Kansas City, and we had boots on the ground. Um. There is a beautiful home in Kansas City, Kansas. Um. Oh go- Leawood, Kansas. Well. Oh yeah, Leewood. I was trying to be vague to not give too much away. Oh, that's okay. In the Kansas well, City, Kansas area, it was in Lee. It's in Leewood. Um. A beautiful home and. You can Google it. Like the address is out there. They've removed all the pictures, um, so you can't see them. But oh, we were able to see it before they were taken down. Uh, it was originally rumored that Taylor Swift had bought the house um, because of her budding relationship with uh, Travis Kelsey, um, but actually Travis bought the house. And I was like digging into some records. He, um, the offer was accepted on uh, October fifth, but the news broke a little bit of a week later. Um, But he is buying the house to have a little bit more privacy and some more space. I mean, it is a very much a grown up house in comparison to what he had. before. It's a
0: stunning, stunning home It's yeah. within a gated community. And it's also gated. So it's like a gate within a gate. Yeah, it's seems like private secluded, like a good place for a NFL player of his stature with a very high profile romance. So when Miss Swift comes over. They, with her security. So his previous home was not in a gated community at all.
1: And it was easy to find. Like everybody knew. Everyone could
0: Google it. He lived in a a part of Kansas. I don't know. You could just drive up to his house. And I'm sure one of the beautiful things about the city, and this also applies to St. Louis in terms of how we treat our local celebrities, is that we tend to give them their privacy. We don't like, we let them kind of live as normal of a life as they can. So you get sightings, I guess there's sightings of Taylor playing with his dogs in the backyard. And, like, that's not going to fly if you want to, like, continue this romance with her of, like, your neighbors selling you out to the mags of, like, whatever you do. So this property, we've got a chance to take a look at it um, before they removed all the photos. And it is stunning and private. It, it is, yeah,
1: private. very private. Um, what's going to be, like, interesting to me is, like, eventually I think – if they actually make it, and we're like six, eight months down the road, assuming they're not like engaged, married, or having a kid in that time, um, oh well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, I no, feel no, like I feel like this is going to to die down a little bit. And like, what is really crazy to me is like, like we have friends that live in Leewood. Like, are they gonna like see them just like out, like at dinner? Like, they're not gonna like be in hiding forever. And like, you know, at some point, they're gonna like live their lives. I don't no, know. It's gonna be insane, and it's truly like 20 I knew exactly the
0: area yeah. and everything it's in a part of town. That's like familiar to me. So I just, I can't, I can't believe it. As not to sound like Ramona. I can't, I can't, uh, but it's insane. So it's just kind of wild. I, I don't know what to think with this romance of how serious it's going to continue. I think it's so public and granted he's the right guy. Clearly he's good with the attention. He's, he's podcasting, talking about like p- bits and pieces of their relationship I'm just really curious what's going to happen when she goes back on her international tour. And I, there's, like, E.T.'s, like, reporting. He plans on visiting her. And I'm like, yeah, he's but he's also got a season to finish at least until yeah. February. So, hopefully. I guess. Hopefully. Yeah. Until hopefully February. until February. But I don't know. Like, what's your take? Like, do you feel, see them going – do
1: you see them being end game? <sighs> I don't know. Like, I go back and forth because – I think like I think they were obviously dating prior to her showing up to the game. I don't think that was like their first time being face to face, obviously. And they clearly like talked about it, were okay with it, made the decision that like yeah, we're going to like we're going to have this like hard launch of our relationship. And the fact that it's continued and things are like he's getting a house with more um privacy and security leads me to believe that like this might be pretty serious, but Taylor also can fall hard and fast as we've seen. So it's, I don't, it's hard to say. I think you can, it's hard too, because I think you could say that about anyone until they like actually get married. Like, you know, like she, she's dated guys for a long time and hasn't ended up like in game with them. But there's parts of it that I actually could see this working out because he's not like in the industry, but he also gets like having a busy schedule, working hard. I think she'll understand that from his perspective too. Um, I don't
0: know. I don't know. I'm honestly conflicted. I went into this thinking it was very much a fling. Same. And given how public fast, like the SNL appearance, like that apparently wasn't even planned, they went in with the intentions of like her supporting Ice Spice. And I just wonder, like, I don't know. I logistically is where I'm at. I know they have private jets and access, but I'm like, literally, you're in an international tour. Like, Yeah, he's not gonna be all up next year. Like that part logistically is where my head's at. Like I could see her going, I don't know. Who
1: knows? But maybe she'll like that. She'll be like, you know what? I don't have I'm starting this like the first part of the international tour. I'm gonna be like really focused on that. He's gonna be focused on finishing out the season and then he can come like you know hang out for a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I I go back and forth. I go Uh, back and forth. This
0: week I'm indecided. But right. next week, maybe I'll have more of a sure answer. Next headline. So I, I talked about this on the episode before, but Britney Spears' book is coming out and bombshells are being released left and right. Um, it was revealed that she did have an abortion with Justin. Um, she was pregnant and they decided she was 19 at the time. So I understand, um, you know clearly it's a decision that haunts her. And if you guys listen to the song every time, which she wrote and watch that video, it's very telling that that song, it's very much about that situation it gives you a new lens. I think why, if you're kind of confused and you're not into this, like in deep with, with Brittany, like me think why the fans and why everyone's going after Justin so hard is because post their breakup, he was talking about her left and right. And like, Cry Me a, like, Cry Me a River has a different tune when you had an abortion with your ex-girlfriend. Infidelity, I think, happened on both ends. She claims he cheated. I think she admitted to her stuff with Wade Robinson, which was always rumored and alleged. There's a lot um, of toxicity there a bit. But I also think the way she handled it and posts that, she wasn't trashing Justin's name left and right like he was talking about her. So she also put out a little statement in a very Britney way, Um, which again, I think Britney, I think as someone who loves her, yes, she's going through some things. I don't want to have a discussion about the dancing videos. Yes, they're weird. I get it. I get it. Trust me, I do. But I've always, you've never seen any like celebrity talk bad on her or like anything about her kindness. But her statement said, my book's purpose was not to offend anyone by any means. That was me then, that is in the past. I don't like the headlines I'm reading. That's exactly why I quit the business four years ago. Most of the book is from 20 years ago. I have moved on and it's a beautiful clean slate from here. I am here to establish it in that way for the rest of my life. Either way, that is the last of it and shit happens. This is actually a book I didn't know I needed to be written. Although some might some might be offended, it has given me closure on all things for a better future. Hopefully can enlighten people who feel particularly alone in most cases or hurt or misunderstood. Again, my motive for this book was not to harp on my past experience, which is what the press is doing and is dumb and silly. I have moved on since then. So, like, I i mean, again, she's still, like, choosing. She's, like, somewhat in a weird way sticking up for Justin in a way like, we're good. Like, she's like, I'm good. I'm talking saying, about this.
1: Yeah. And She's like, I want to share my story. I'm not going to leave pieces out of it. It might not always make the people in those moments look good, but I think like, yeah, like her intention isn't for everyone to like go like chasing after JT. Although, I mean, I think people are going to, cause I think he didn't have to do her as dirty as he did, but exactly. that's, that's just our perspective on it. Um, I will be listening to the book. I always do audiobooks. Um, and I Michelle, have it. I pre-ordered it. Michelle Williams. I can't, wait. I love that. She's going to be the one reading it to us. Yes. I to, did you pre-order I, it? I have not yet. I should have, but no, Wow,
0: I mean you're still time. It comes out on Tuesday. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited. That's what I'm gonna be doing on Tuesday, like while I'm working is just like listening to a book.
1: Those <laughs> um, are my plans. Oh, what a good, what a good little Tuesday. Um, so I don't know if you guys get really into true crime. I do, um, and always have, and I will never forget the Natalie Holloway case. Um, we were in high school when it first happened, I believe, or were we in college? It was two thousand three. So yeah, we were uh, in high almost. School. Almost almost college. in college. Um, but Natalie was on spring break with her friends, um, and they were at a club. The friends wanted to go home. Natalie was kind of, like, flirting with this guy, and they, like, you know, stayed together. And then she was never seen again. There's been a lot of questions about what happened to her. You know, where is she? Is she alive? Is she not? Um, everyone kind of knew that Joram VanderSloot was the one who did it. There's never really, I think, been anyone who said like, no, he didn't. He like came forward and said he was gonna like admit to it and then didn't. And it's just been, he's a little, he's a shady character. Obviously he murdered someone, but he is now, um, and I'm wondering, like there must be like statue of limitations or something, but he is, he's already in jail for something else, but he has now come forward saying, um, here's the full story that they were walking on the beach. Um, He made sexual advances towards her thinking like that, that was kind of like why she was with him and she did not return them. He got upset and murdered her. Um, And that is what happened. Well, excuse me. Well, it's obviously very, very sad. I think about her parents. Um, Her mom has said it's finally over um, it's done and that they, you know, it's the case is solved. It's closed that they can move on. And I just think for her, you know, I mean, obviously after 20 years, you probably are assuming your child is not alive. Um, I would almost think you might be hoping they're not. Cause you're like, well, where, like, what conditions are they in? If it's been going, like if they are somewhere. Um, but I think just for them to have that closure has to feel I don't yeah, want to say good, so, but just let let them process it or yeah, close it. Yeah, and so many people don't
0: have that. Yeah. for them to be able to have that and be able to, like, I don't want to say put that chapter to rest because their daughter is always going to be with them and this is something that they're going to live with forever. But at least that aspect of it in terms of justice, not everyone gets that. So. I am really happy for her family. You know, I love true crime. We'll, we're happy to sprinkle in a little true crime here or there. Um, I spend my evenings <laughs> when I'm not watching Housewives, watching Dateline. So that's my yeah. way to unwind. is either Housewives fighting or someone dying. It's
1: messed up. And we have shared that we have a love of Lifetime. We don't really watch the Lifetime movies the way we used to. But the Natalie Holloway Lifetime movie was a really good one back in the day. Did you watch it? I don't I'm don't. sure I you did. did.
0: Really? I'm, I'm you, a, you know what? I'm sure I did too. Yeah. That it's not popping to mind. But yeah. yes, I'm sure I did.
1: Well, um, that wraps up this episode. Um, and like we said, we will be returning back to um, normal programming next week. But thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you know the drill. We're trying to get to 1,000 reviews. So if you haven't done so already, please hit five stars. If you have like 30 seconds, leave us a written review. It means the world to us. And uh, have a great day or don't. The choice is yours.